anti-heroes today. So last week we had a really riveting discussion on, on the hero trope. Um, and today we're going to be looking at the other side of the spectrum uh, in regards to anti-heroes. So residential writing savant, Professor E, could you give the audience just a brief definition of what they would, or what you would define an anti-hero trope as? Sure. I mean, the easiest way to think about it is what is an anti-hero? So like I said before in last week's episode, a, an anti-hero is basically a character who doesn't quite fall into the conventions of being a hero um, by using the orthodox methods to get the job done. They essentially do have morally gray fibers, but in and of themselves, they are not trying to do evil. They're going about trying to do what they think is best, but they're doing it in a uh, wildly untraditional way, especially if you're considering them to be anywhere near the hero camp. Uh, mm -hmm. The example that Otis mentioned is that when the tried, tried and true ones, of course, is the Punisher, for example. Uh yeah, I know that the rise of the anti-hero was a really big marking point in comics itself um, from our interview with Tom DeFalco. No, not Tom DeFalco, with Graham Nolan, our very first big interview. Um, that was a big point of contention that he remembers when he was writing for Batman and the reason they did the whole, um, uh, oh my God, the run with uh, Nightfall. I think is what it was called. Dang, yeah. Where they had Azrael take over as Batman because everybody wanted... And, uh, evil, vengeful version of Batman that had guns that committed murder because Wolverine and the Punisher were so popular in DC Comics. So that was... So again, if you guys want to know more insight on that, go back and watch that interview. He gave a lot of insight into why he did that run and how he used that run in order to kind of trick fans back into wanting the status quo again. Trick um, fans? <laughs> that's what I gathered from it. But to get into this conversation, Otis, you said you had a question that you wanted to ask in regards to this topic, right? Yeah, uh, I was going to save it for later, but I can get out the way now. So in mm -hmm. terms of characters that fit into the anti-hero trope, do you guys think that Homelander from The Boys fits there? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, technically in his mind, he is trying to do right, but clearly his decision-making is not the uh, not, not aligned with a, your typical hero. So what's your guys' opinion on that? So for me, I think he was early on um, when he was like in his prime in Haiti in the seven. He was just saving people. Um, he wanted to genuinely save people, but it would he did have these selfish means of like he wanted to be loved by people. I think as time went on into kind of where we are at the current status quo of where that character is, he's more of a, um, I guess, supremist, like almost 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 a Nazi in a sense of where. If you watch the end of Gen V, which I'll try not to spoil it too much because I know my friend even here just watched it. He's yeah. very much so on the tip of heroes are the superior beings. Heroes are the ones that should be getting all the recognition and all of the, the power and access and all those good things. Um, and he very much so I feel like he looks at people more so as like pets or things that need to be protected versus wanting to actually save them from themselves or save them. From the, in the aspect of just being a hero so at one point yes because again from my definition the way i look at the anti-hero is you're still doing good but you're doing good through either a going outside of the normal sociological structure of what is acceptable to do so or two you're doing it for selfish reasons so selfish reasons so if you're in like a revenge tour and you're also helping people at the same time you're helping people but you're probably helping them to get information on somebody you want to kill or et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. That's very. It's, it's a very interesting question, Otis. So, a couple of things about that. 
it what you mentioned right there, Deb, the idea that a anti-hero is still doing good. It's just they're mm-hmm. doing it their own way. It's funny because technically, I guess <laughs> in in traditional storytelling, an anti-hero is almost meant to be kind of an anti-protagonist. Because if you're going by like the old school playwrights as far as what they, they thought that the any main character in and of themselves is the hero regardless of what they're doing they're the hero and when the anti-hero originally started getting real buzz as far as in the populace cultural populace it was a lot of it was from tv with like shows like the sopranos or breaking bad or even in the wire where the drug dealers themselves like streamer bill and whatnot were like some of the more popular characters right and these are guys who are doing essentially bad things they're just doing bad things but because of our perspective we're with them uh, we see them as the main character and we see them as our, you know, our interest, interest into this world. And because we like them, but because they're doing bad, we can't call them quote unquote heroes. So Homeland, the question with Homelander, I kind of think he might be an anti-hero because if you look at what he's trying to do, he's not going out robbing banks. He's not out there directly fighting what you call heroes as far as fighting the police. He himself is meant to be labeled as, he's definitely a main character and he in lots of ways, does propel the story forward the way a protagonist would. And also he does do, as Charlie said, he does do things that sometimes do result in things being better for people. He's looking out for people on some level, regardless of his mindset. The people he's fighting directly are Butcher and the quote-unquote boys, who themselves aren't always the most morally righteous person. It's almost like anti-hero versus anti-hero, which anti-hero mm-hmm. are you on the side of? So I, I kind of do see him more traditionally as an anti-hero. He's not the traditional villain. He's definitely not the traditional hero. So I do see him more as a tradition, it's somewhat of an anti-hero in, in, in that, right? Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I also, my question too. I was going to ask was, because about Batman so much, it was brought to my attention a little while ago by one of my old mentors. He's like, yeah, Batman isn't a hero either. He's an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. The reason that Robin exists and Nightwing exists is pretty much to point out the fact that in Batgirl 2 is to point the fact that he is so effed up that he has to, he's not really a hero. He's much more of a, of a such a dark vigilante that he's basically an anti-hero himself. No, he doesn't mm-hmm. kill. He doesn't kill. But he does a lot of things that are very much spit in the face of what actual true heroes or justice should do. Yeah, just from the aspect of him saving people alone, that comes from the aspect of him wanting to, in a way, like make up and protect to make up for the fact that he wasn't able to protect his parents. Um, and which is why I think that plays such a pivotal role, and why you see it in every origin story of Batman from any movie. Um, and I think that's like, again, part of the initial flawed nature of what I looked at as anti-hero of you're doing good, but you're doing it for your selfish purposes, rather that you're gaining something monetarily, physically, or just you're emotionally satisfying yourself in some form or fashion. So does that, does that, is that a requirement? Is that a prerequisite for being a hero? The reason you're doing the good has to be for righteous or altruistic reasons? For me, at least for me, when I look at like the prototypical hero, again, I'm looking at characters like a Superman, like a, a Captain America, who they do these things just because they should, just mm. because it's the right thing to do. And again, you can discuss that differently with like different versions of the characters. And because we all know comics have different writers that want to do different things with them. But at the status quo of who those characters are, they do things just for the betterment of people without really having or needing anything from that. Spider-Man being another example, like he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's mm-hmm. helping out the community just because it's the right thing to do. And he's a member of the community. Fair. What about like heroes for hire? Would they count as anti-heroes right. at that point then? They had to get paid. 
Cage. And yeah, I would. I would, especially for a character, for those two characters specifically. I haven't read, I'm, I'd lie if I say I've read every single thing they've been in and all their arcs. But from what I've read of those characters and seen in like in, in different media depictions, they definitely can get more on the darker side as far as doing things outside of conventional means to get the job done. Because at the end of the day, like with Heroes for Hire, you're hiring them to stop crime in your neighborhood. So they're probably going to kick some doors without warrants. They're going to mess up somebody's home or do whatever just to get the job done. Um, and then at that point, they're also playing their own judge and jury because they're, okay, you're coming to me with a case or an issue of crime in your neighborhood. And I have no proof if your story is the exact story, but I'm still going to go investigate <laughs> and possibly knock somebody to fuck out just because, or excuse me, knock somebody to bleep out. I'll probably bleep that out later. Knock somebody out just because they that report was given. Like I could come in there with a fake black eye and be like, Otis has been beating me and my family and stealing our money. And because Otis is six four and from Chicago, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, we smart, we smart. you profiling your own friend. <laughs> they're gonna go bust them up. They're like they're, they, they may not just like outrun give them the iron fist, but they're probably gonna rough them up a little bit to be like, hey, bro, we heard you was doing this and that or the third. Yeah, um, so that, yeah. that's 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 how I look at that. Like, they're. But I mean, they're, from that standpoint, if you go tell Superman the same thing for free, like <laughs> you see this <laughs> yeah. man bust through <laughs> facilities with chemicals and and people still running through it, like yeah. you've seen him punch people through skyscrapers, like. <laughs> it, 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 no offense, we all know Superman isn't the, the world's greatest detective. He doesn't have to be, so it's kind of a mm-hmm. he. He takes a few bits of information and goes off. That's the thing. Uh, we and we hope he's right. We, we hope he's in the right because when he's in the wrong, things go horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> Injustice. I mean, that, but, that's uh, part, I've, I've seen that as far as like him stopping natural disasters or stopping a building from falling because he's not really like looking for approval at that point. But I've never seen him like shake somebody down because it's been reported that they were. I thought of Lex Luthor because that's. Yeah. That's Lex and his ritual. With <laughs> yeah, Lex be there living his life. Doing <laughs> again? Can I can I take a break? Can I take a vacation without you trying to blow up Gotham? Not Gotham, but Metropolis. Yeah, it's, that's hilarious. The thing is, I guess there are. So here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's fair. Let's get into this. There are some things that are inherently good. Period. It doesn't matter how you slice it. Uh, what they call a save the cat moment. Like say, for example, there's a kid giving a fall and die, and someone catches them. No matter who they are, they catch. If Darth Vader catches a kid falling out of a tree, you say that's a heroic act. Period. Um, however, if you say Darth Vader catch that kid over there, he's like, I'm gonna catch that kid and catch you pay me a hundred bucks, and and he he waits he waits there until you give him the hundred dollars, then saves the kid. It does kind of it does kind of uh, make this a bit murkier. I, I, mm-hmm. So I see what you're saying, and obviously, if Superman is on his, is on his own t- on his own dime, pro bono saving the world over and over again sure that is very heroic spider-man is dead broke going out of his way to lose lose jobs to save the world sure that's heroic but if the heroes for hire like yo you got to pay me some kind of a give me some kind of compensation for me doing these gigs but here's the thing i have to ask you then dev are you saying let's not get too political (laughs) please Mm -hmm. okay are you saying then that firemen I was gonna go there. I was gonna go there. Again, maybe we should end this right out. But are you saying that let's say are you saying that public servants, public servants are not heroic because they get paid for their time and efforts? No, they because they because again, my big thing was like them working within these social constructs of what's acceptable in that society. And within society, they like those people are necessary 
to operate and for it to function. You need firemen to put out fires. You need policemen to police and protect people and keep things safe at some point. Um, and they are there. They have those jobs to survive. But the difference I think comes in is like when you're a super powered individual, you don't need to do this thing to survive. You're doing this just because you have the ability to. I think therein lies a difference of and even when even when you're looking at and even when you're looking at like police officers, a big part of my thing was like the approach. Depending, okay, on speaking at the best possible type of police officer, they're not just gonna walk up to you on the street on the corner and rough you up and be like, hey, bro, we're doing selling drugs. They're gonna approach you and be like, hey. What are you doing here? You know, you're not supposed to be here. Are you selling drugs? You know, that's illegal. We're going to have to take you in and they're going to do things in the best possible way with the best. It, again, this is hypothetically speaking with the best possible police officers. There may be some other individuals that let that anti-hero side come out and how they approach right. things, probably a good majority in some right. cases. Um, but in theory, they shouldn't be. Right. They should through, wait through to get all those details. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're functioning within the what's socially acceptable within that society. Now, this is a different place for like, again, it's the wild, wild west where you can do whatever. That's a different story at that point. But because there are rules and and policy in place to make sure that these things are structurally done and structurally sound, that's kind of where I give them their uh, the just do. I got you. So so part of it, too, why people do cite Batman as a bit more of an antihero is because he's a noir detective. He literally is a noir detective. And mm-hmm. noir detectives, I'm sure you all know this, too, are Consider they're considered anti-heroes. They're not considered heroes because, like Charlie, he's brought up there, Charlie, how they are literally hired to do a job, and the jobs they do are very morally gray. Like, I mean, if uh, you know the, red, the woman in the red dress says, "I need to go hire, uh, sneak up, look around at my husband. I think my husband's doing some stuff he should be doing," and he goes, and he goes stalking this guy's, this woman's husband, and taking pictures and everything. That that's some very, very uh, morally questionable stuff that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then the main character of the movie or the or the story. And Batman's kind of similar in that, in that right. He's doing a lot of things he shouldn't be doing, breaking down doors and sneaking to places he shouldn't be, fighting cops, you know, fist on fist. So it's, uh, I see where you're coming from. If you're hired to do things or if you're doing things in a weird, in an unscrupulous manner, yeah, it can be very, uh, you know. Also, blurry. also preach the church of uh, of Uncle Ben when it comes to you having great power and, and uh, needing great responsibility at that front. If you can... If you have all this excess ability and power to do good things, at that point, it's up to you. Are you going to be altruistic and do good things for the sake of helping people? Or are you going to charge a fee for it? Are you going to do it only when you, it seems right in your eyes? You know what I mean? Are you going to do what's convenient for you? Mm-hmm. That, those are what I look at in regards to like an anti-hero. But again, I think when it comes to anti-heroes, the term, because there's so many different things that can make you an anti-hero, at least from my perspective, I think that's very broad and that a lot of different characters kind of get thrown into the anti-hero sphere when they don't fit the perfect trope of a hero. It's like, are oh, you not a perfect hero? Or would it throw you into the anti-heroes um, little lens? And then if there's other sub-genres of that I'm not aware of, sub-tropes that I'm not aware of, um, those probably divvy up there. But I think the masses or majority of characters get thrown into the anti-hero sphere. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I mean, we've talked to... Uh, enough of like about like the difference between the anti-heroes and the heroes where do you think the line is drawn between when the anti-hero and a villain because i mean ah. you have characters like like light yagami from a uh, death note mm-hmm. where i mean yeah, that's just where where does he fall like i mean <laughs> does anyone even say his that's <laughs> in his mind he's doing righteous work he's trying to uh, make the world better mm-hmm. but he's like you know serial murdering hundreds of people at a time to do it so right yeah 
Yeah. So I mean, the thing about light, I get me too. I mean, I want to cut you off, Charlie, but real quick. No, I ain't. Thing about light is, he's knowingly, he's knowingly killing innocent people to cover his own uh, self, right? To cover himself. And when you are, even with all the perspective in the world, when you are consciously and consistently doing things that you yourself are aware are wrong, in and of himself ethically wrong, there's no gray. Originally, yes, Light was using the book, the Death Note, to specifically and only target um, people that were criminals, right? But even on some level, when you're saying, I'm a, I, I get to play God and determine who gets to live and die, that's very morally gray, teetering on black right there. And then when you're saying, you know what, F it, I'm going to kill whoever I need to kill for my own purposes, there is no blurry line anymore. It's to the point where you actually had, you had to introduce a hero to stop that person. Like that's how, you know, light was gone from almost from the start. Yeah, for me, I think the line where Mr. Yagami comes in into what his intentions are. Yes, he is killing uh, criminals and knowing that that will help the crime rate of the world. And from what I remember from what we watched the anime recently, it did like the crime rate in a lot of the parts of the world exponentially went down. But he did that with the intention of him being the God to rule the new world. So he did all that stuff from a selfish perspective of just wanting to be a God. He, at least from my, again, from my memory from rewatching it recently, he didn't do any of those things with the thought process of saving innocent lives or just making the world better. It was break down the world so I can rule it. Um, and I think that's where a villain comes into where par- partially big factor is again, killing innocent people for selfish means, but also are, are you seeking to, again, like I said before, are you seeking to help people? Are you seeking to take control and power so you can control people? Um, and from again, from like Yagami's perspective, I think he was just trying to be a god to rule a new world from the shadows. Yeah. So That's... I mean, you're you it it eventually became to that. Like initially he wanted to just, you know, create order. He like, you know, criminals disgusted him. So like in his mind, they had to be purged. Like this way of life had to be changed. Mm-hmm. And he just thought that he was the only person that had the conviction to follow through with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as he became like, you know, essentially a God of death himself, he, he kind of got absorbed into it. And like, I will be the God of this world. That, that's mm-hmm. how, how I took it personally. But I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, I mean, for the people that somehow have convinced themselves that light Yagami is not a villain, they exist. Or oh, the worst one is uh, Aaron Yeager. That's what I was about to say that. I was about to say that. It's like he's just committing mass genocide. We, we had to get this you, point. You but yeah, my, mass my last, like, my, I was, I was. Oh, my bad, bro. My bad. Go ahead. Oh, damn. No, no, it's bad. okay. Right. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry about that. You still uh, talk about it. No, you're completely right. Like, I mean, Aaron Yeager is a, we, yeah. But people defend him. People yeah. defend him. They said, no, it's team. Is that what are you talking about? Team Jaeger. Yeah. Because my thing is, I, I can understand why you did something. Like if it comes to like this somebody committing murder or like, like if you were in a drunken accident and you like killed somebody in like a car accident, I can understand why that happened. Like you were inebriated, you weren't in control of yourself. But I can also tell you that you are a horrible person for doing that because at the end of the day, you hurt somebody rather than like in, in the worst possible way, rather than being willingly or unwillingly, you made the decision to do that. Um, and with when it comes to stuff like that, you can start somewhere, because to your point, as far as like an anti-hero or a villain, 
we 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 all love the aspect of characters not being static and them being dynamic. I think you can shift from being a hero to an anti-hero to a villain. Um, and I think you can find your way back. Somebody like Vegeta, I think, like found his way back from being a villain to some of an anti-hero of sorts. And he's teetered back and forth. He's probably still going to hell. Like he should still go to hell uh, no matter what, because of the, the genocide, which is nuts, which is nuts. I'm like, he still blew up a planet. Billions of people are dead. end of it. We saw it when it done. Yeah, he's, he's aliens on that buck planet that he uh like he stopped at <laughs> on the way to Earth. I'd be pissed if I'm in heaven. Like, why is he here? <laughs> yeah, it's like, he blew up my house. I can see my house over there. My culture, yeah. my people don't exist anymore because it's it's, mass. it's worse than Frieza. Yeah, but but I, I do. Yeah, I you're right though. As far as it, it is fun to watch in stories where a character kind of goes on that scale. Vegeta's a great example of that. Zuko too. Zuko doesn't slide back and forth, but Zuko mm. does slide a little bit though. As far as the end of chapter two, where he does go. He does turns back on his uncle and everything. So it is fun to see because I think again we're talking about character. <clears throat> Hello everyone. This is C Diesel, the Lucy and King of the Comics. And the, the thing the thing is, y'all, y'all can't see <laughs> y'all can't see his ass of our face. There's there's like old faces and then there's like Charlie faces. He's like all up in that mic just with this beard whispering it's 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 a lot it's a lot i'm yeah. a grown man and it's still a lot that is that true was, that was definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys this is definitely the return of asmr diesel he he's he's back like he never left uh we are going to be discussing some interesting topics coming up here uh tropes are going to be a kind of a running series we're going to continue to work on for a little bit here uh starting with that of heroes and the hero trope uh, residential professional writer and just all around knowledge, elder guru, old man, king of the comics. Will you kind of give us your definition? So many adjectives and pronouns there. <laughs> I don't know if any of them were flattering, but uh, <laughs> at least some of them were accurate, though. I'll, I'll take accurate. I'll take accurate or flattering every day, I guess. Uh, I am an old man. So, uh, the basic when it comes to tropes, for the most part, tropes are consistent. Like thematics, I guess consistent themes or ideas that writers or storytellers use when it comes to dabbling in uh, the expectations of a genre. So, for example, a common trope in a uh, in a fight scene <laughs> is for the hero to win. A cliche, a cliche in a fight scene is for the hero to win using the power of friendship. Uh, one thing that people, I don't want them to be used interchangeably i do think that tropes are, are, are fine you can use tropes they're they're tried and true i do think that cliches are a problem if that makes mm. sense uh, i agree with that uh so what is it just slight tangent if if the power of friendship is a cliche mm. what is the power of family Oof. <laughs> hell that's what it is it's a, I mean, hell yeah 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 <laughs> But what's funny about that, though, there are even within that. Well, one thing we have to acknowledge, too, is the originators, originators of ideas. It's hard to penalize them for using or if they established something way back when. Back, and, it's, and it's one of the earliest times they've ever been used. It's hard to penalize them for that. And say, oh, it's so cliche. Uh, right. One of the examples I go to is, when, and I, I know we all love Yu Hakusho. It's perfectly fine. But in Yu Hakusho, there's a fight where Yusuke uh, is down and out against uh, the girl. 
is it Tagoro the first time against fighting Tagoro? It's, it's, it's the time he's fighting one of the no, it's not no, no, it's not Tagoro, it's not Tagoro. But he's fighting somebody, and the guy has him pretty much dead, beat dead to rights. And then he has to like he's he's while while Yusuke is using is thinking about all his friends and in uh, uh Kiko, what's what's his girlfriend's name? Uh, Keiko. Keiko, Keiko. Uh, he kind of like gets an extra extra urge of power. He's able to kind of beat the guy using like, I think it's a spirit. Oh, yeah. When he started using, yeah, he started using his soul energy instead of his spirit energy. His soul when he energy. About Keiko. Uh, that was in the, the, against the four saint beasts. I can't remember the, the guy. Yeah, name. yeah. It was a guy who made multiple beasts of himself, copies mm-hmm. of himself. Yeah, yeah. That that was the idea. So it, the thing was, it's kind of what you you would say, well, that's traditionally, that's this uh, power of friendship. However, again, when the original uh, manga Ken wrote this was like in the what, early 90s or like in the late 80s or something like that. And then the anime came out in the mid 90s showing that. And so it was like, oh, that's the power of friendship. But again, at the time when it was written, it hadn't been done that much. And also, like you said, it was a, there was a variation to it. It's, it's, it's soul energy as opposed to regular energy. So it's, mm-hmm. if you look at it now, I think I can watch it now. It's like, oh, it's the power of friendship. But it's like, yeah, you, you had to put it in context too. So. So for regarding tropes, could you guys give the audience just a couple examples of tropes in like popular media that they may have seen, whether it be movies, shows, anime, et cetera? You know I mean? Uh, I can go to the list of tropes that I got, but I mean, of course you got the, the typical yeah, hero, anti-hero. Um, uh, we've got the, hold on, where, where's my list? I should have been. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe specifically because we're on the, the topic of like hero tropes. Can you give like a specific like hero trope? Possibly, rather than be, I'm assuming like MCU would be like a good place to start with that, right? I mean, yeah, any any action movie is going to have a their own variation of the hero trope. Um, mm. It's essentially the the protagonist that is you know typically morally you know stout, like he's he's uh, it's Captain America, he's Scott Summers, he is Carol Danvers. Morally doubt though. Uh, he, Scott, Scott Summers was definitely a Boy Scout uh, early on. He he became more of a everything else uh, in later runs of his uh, 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 of his history. But like you know, mm-hmm. the, the primary you know, he's boy in blue. Like he's the perfect soldier. He he's going to make the the right call. You know, he he's that that type of person. And you see those typically a like all through 80s action movies, 90s action movies. And it's kind of getting re- redefined in tweets now, but it, it's still overall the same trope. So that, that trope in and of itself, I mean, I cut you off. Oh, that trope in and of itself has a name. Most tropes have a certain kind of a name of some kind. Mm-hmm. So that trope is known as a, the golden boy, so to speak. Um, Scott Summers was Xavier's golden boy. Now, again, we're going back to like earlier <laughs> Chris, Claremont, Chris Claremont like era. Uh, Scott Summers way before, way before we're kind of you know yeah, modern, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, genocidal. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this that they, I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, the golden boy type of uh, protagonist that is kind of the morally righteous guy that's doing the right thing, uh, lawful good, so to speak, or, or, or worse, lawful neutral. Yeah, yeah. So at what point do you like teeter? Like, do you cross that line from going hero to anti-hero? Is it more of a altruism thing where you're just doing everything for the sake of the, like the betterment of other people, or can you be a little bit selfish and still be considered a hero in this trope? Well, I mean, the the divide between a hero and an anti-hero isn't necessarily based off of like their selfishness. It's more so based off of where their morality aligns and what they're willing to do to accomplish what they want. So, like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. 
the, the Punisher, of course, obviously is uh, one of the quintessential anti-heroes. He's trying to do good, but he's doing a bad thing to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Or you have Daredevil is, you know, he's your, he's your hero. He's he's going to try to, trop, uh, try to stop uh, crimes from happening, but he's going to protect everyone in the process. He's going to make sure that, you know, people do get their due process and, and you know, go through the 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 legal system um and you know like like that's the, i guess that's where the divide is and that's why you see so many great stories are formed between that because like i mean again that's what that's uh, daredevil punisher you see uh pretty often scott summers and uh wolverine you saw that clash happen pretty often uh in early x-men stuff i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a it's a repeated thing so that uh, actually is a good question so, so people just kind of going outside of the normal construct of the societal rules to accomplish their task, essentially. Because I think the yeah. rules like change. Like if murder is okay in this world, then technically they're not really an anti-hero because they're not really breaking the rules um, mm-hmm. or like going outside of what is socially acceptable to get what they need to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing is too, it's it depends on like you're saying if murder is okay in this world, then it's okay to do it. Like I guess if you're saying these are these are, are soldiers, they're in a battlefield, of course, everyone's killing anybody else. That's kind of that's part of the trope. That's part mm-hmm. of the norm. But if you're trying to say, like, I mean, since the quote unquote hero code that was in the comics back in the, was it 50s, they made that officially. Like, I mean, pretty much any hero by definition could not kill. Even Batman, you probably started out with a gun, he, he couldn't, he could no longer kill. Uh, it became very much unorthodox. So that's when the Punishers came out. And the Punisher came out in the 70s and he had guns blazing, killing folks left and right. Even though he was killing bad guys, he was still killing. And that, by definition, made him an anti-hero. He was no longer falling into the typical trope or using the typical methodology of as heroes. Daredevil very much does everything he possibly can to his detriment not to kill, even if it, definitely, even if it harms himself over and over again. Spider-Man the same way. Uh, Batman traditionally will say the same villains over and over again, even though they can go about killing people over and over again themselves when they get released. So yeah, that's a good, that's a perfect example right there of an anti-hero is someone like the Punisher who goes, who does very unorthodox means uh, to, who does essentially what heroes do, but he does it in a very, very unorthodox method. I will stop the crime, but I'll do it by killing the criminals. So I think that's this is a little bit maybe possibly a reach here, but when you're looking at something way, way back in regards to like the original Cap and the war propaganda that he was a part of, he was at war in World War II. And maybe again, uh, Ethan, this is your prime heyday, so maybe you can tell me better than anybody else. <laughs> um, and then, in those comics where it was Cap committing murders, he was at war. And I'd assume that back in those days, they would like depict him killing Nazis or like defeat. Like, I don't, I don't, because I know in certain instances he was using a, like a gun at some points. Yeah. Like even in the, uh, the, his first movie, he used a pistol at one point in the film and was killing Nazis, but he's still one of the prototypical versions that you would use to define what, what a hero is in the modern MCU and back then. Yeah. So where where is that like, because again, like that was to my point as far as it being like socially acceptable, is there something that, obviously, obviously there's something that changed with like the rising of Spider-Man and Batman being really prevalent and having that similar trope of like being hyper-focused on not killing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to figure out like at what point when that happened and like why why then it was acceptable versus now you can't really be that hero or like you you get put into the category of an anti-hero if you commit murder sure i mean obviously when the so the i'm 99 sure that when cap first came out because you think he's war propaganda he mm-hmm. actually was he predated the hayes code and the hero code now kind of stuff in the comic books so he was he did have a pistol he did kill that happened um mm-hmm. yeah very much so and 
as far as like when it became like the line that you couldn't cross to do those type of things, it was mainly because of parents and pushback and also Hayes himself saying mm-hmm. that this was causing doing more harm than good to children because children were primarily were the, were the primary readers of comics, obviously when they first came out. And they mm-hmm. saw that if you were saying that these are the good guys and the good guys are killing, then you're saying killing is a good thing. Therefore, uh, we need to stop this because you're telling kids to kill to get the job done or telling them that violence is the answer for these type of situations and so forth and mm-hmm. so on. So I would say it's it was because of the pushback primarily from the 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 uh, loud minority that may have thought that the comic books are harmful to kids that made it happen. The same reason we have, and it was a slight tangent, but the same reason we have ratings on video games. It was because mm-hmm. of the uh, vocal minority that but video games are harmful to kids that kind of made these things happen with comic books and and, and and in turn made it happen with what we consider quote-unquote uh, heroes in a long way to in another way too it's the same thing with the shonen protagonist where they just say let's make the shonen protagonists themselves teenagers think about how many uh manga where the the actual protagonists that do all kinds of insane old crazy things world saving or world ending things are literally teenagers in high school it's a vast mm-hmm. vast majority of it we all love ourselves some uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, JJK. Keep in mind, the leads are all in, in school still mm-hmm. doing these type of things. So it's a, that's a big trope as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big part of that too is, especially with, when it comes to the hero trope, um, and we, we talked about this briefly in a discussion we had on what we define as a hero. Um, and I know for me, a big part of that was like being something that you can look up to. Um, especially when it comes to shonen anime where the characters like Naruto or Goku, where they're defying the odds through effort and pure intentions and friendship and things of that nature. Um, I feel like a lot of, like the reason why we have so many children um, as main characters is one, obviously, like you said, that initially manga and comics were probably like marketed towards kids to start with. But I think even as 